Hier komen wij in vreemd. You listen to Red Flag Radio. We record the show on Indigenous land that was stolen and never ceded that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This podcast talks about politics from a revolutionary socialist perspective. Proud to do that. We've got a bunch of episodes. If you haven't listened to our previous ones, I encourage you to check them out on any podcast platform. We talk about history, theory, activism, some pretty cool stuff. So um, yeah, have a look. My name is Roz, I'm hosting the podcast, and um, for a little bit longer before I hand over and go adventuring overseas and become your UK correspondent on the podcast, which could be something in the next few months with what's going on over there. Um, So this episode has come about because uh, there's something coming up here in Australia that people listening overseas, and particularly in the UK, would already have a sense of, and that is a person who is known as Posey Parker, their real name is Kelly J. Keane Minchell, um, a transphobic activist basically, who's coming to spread their hate here um, in Australia. And we're organising a bunch of protests against her. So we wanted to talk about that, encourage people to come along, and if you don't know who Posey Parker is, to to fill you in. So I'm very pleased to be joined by Grace, Grace Hill, who is the incumbent, fairly newly incumbent, aren't you, Grace? Um, NUS LGBTI officer. Yeah. So, um, and you've been on the podcast before, so welcome back to Red Flag Radio. Yeah, does this mean I get to be a friend of the show? Look, anyone who wants to be a friend of the show can be a friend of the show um and actually me and grace were just um <laughs> this weekend we were together at a protest out in sunshine in the western suburbs of melbourne against a bunch of fascists who are trying to mm. organize there around a, a gym that they're um meeting at in sunshine that was an amazing day wasn't it grace yeah it was fantastic um like over 500 people out to oppose the fascist gym that had been operating in Sunshine, and we got such a good response um, from people on the streets around us as well. Um, it's a really fantastic event. Yeah, it was awesome. And at that, uh, Grace made a speech to invite people to come to the protest against Posey Parker. And so Grace is real um, and has been organising this. So she, she knows probably more than she wants to know about this piece of filth but let's talk about it anyway um definitely so start by telling us more about um who this person is and what she stands for yeah um so as you said uh, her real name is kelly j keen uh minshaw uh posy parker is sort of an internet pseudonym um that she was using on uh twitter And she's really just one of the most notable transphobic activists um, in the UK. So she sort of got her start um, with a bit of notoriety uh, from some tweets in 2018, criticising the parents of a transgender young person um, and has since then just taken off uh, both online and offline, unfortunately. Um, So she formed that group uh, Standing for Women, um, the ones with the 
kind of adult human female uh, shirts and stickers, um, which is really aimed at repealing um, something called the Gender Recognition Act, um, which is an act in Britain that allows people to legally change their gender. Um, so their kind of main campaign positions really just include opposing um, any laws that let trans people be legally recognised as their gender, um, to oppose uh, the use of public bathrooms by transgender people, their participation in uh, sport, just absolutely everything. Um, so really quite vile. And I guess I would assume that most people who are listening would be familiar um, with the the word TERF, um, standing for Trans Exclusionary uh, Radical Feminist. Um, so these are feminists who have come to a really socially reactionary position on transgender people. And Keen is sort of part of that uh, scene, I guess, or around that scene in the UK. But she just takes it to a whole other level um, in really trying to build links between these transphobic feminist groups and the far right. Um, so she's part of something called the Hands Across the Aisle Coalition, uh, the aisle in this case being the political divide between feminists and fascists. Um, so uh, the aim of that is to um, sort of link up uh, fascist, Christian, uh, fundamentalist, far-right groups um, and uh, feminist groups kind of united together in uh, the cause of opposing trans rights. So pretty gross, um, but she's sort of representative, I guess, then of something quite noxious that's going on. So obviously the far right, um, their transphobia and their sexism come from a place of wanting to just maintain all oppression. Um, they have really explicit views of male superiority, um, but radical feminists, I guess, are a bit different. Um, so they're against women's oppression, um, but view, you know, the main divide in the world as being between men and women as sex classes um, and women's oppression um, as, a, as a class uh, caused by something that's just inherent in male biology or psychology. So for them, you know, men want to exploit women and, and get psychological ego satisfaction from that as well. So there's sort of an acceptance there, um, actually, of what outright sexists argue about inherent biological uh, basis for women's oppression. So some of that latter group have just come to the really terrible position from that view um, of oppression, um, you know, as something uh, with roots in male biology. Um, they've come to the view that transitioning is just impossible and that trans women are actually just uh, men. Um, so what's happening now is that the, the trans-exclusionary radical feminist groups are aligning themselves with the political right uh, to try and stop or reverse trans rights. Um, and when they're doing that, they're obviously aligning themselves with the um, absolute worst opponents of, uh, uh, proponents rather, of women's oppression as well. So Keane is one of the people who is really um, pushing that along. Um, so she insists she's not right wing, but, um, we'll, we'll let the listeners decide, I guess. Um, so since she has become a public figure, um, some of the people that she's associated with, um, are activists from the Proud Boys, uh, including doing selfies with one of them who was a participant mm. in the Trumpist, uh, January 6th Capitol Hill <laughs> riot, um, if you can believe that, um, She's been speaking at conferences um, alongside far-right uh, politicians, including Hans uh, Johansson from 
Hungary, who's a, a outright Holocaust denier. Um, she's done interviews on podcasts with uh, far-right YouTubers, um, proponents of uh, the white ethno-state, um, just done interviews with mainstream American political right uh, commentators on Fox as well, um, and has just had at her events uh, people like, you know, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, she's a conservative Christian group that writes all of the anti-abortion uh, legislation um, in the United States. So this is all, I guess, a lot of info, but it, it's backing up something really important, I think, that her campaign and her speaking tour events are just not at all about um, defending women's rights. Um, they're alliances with just the biggest opponents of women's rights. Um, and I think all of this makes it totally clear that women have nothing to gain from this politics. Um, you know, the, the whole push against trans people might uh, have as a disguise um, a pro-women veneer, but right behind that kind of veneer, there's just sexism and misogyny as well as the transphobia. Yeah, it makes me think about um, all of the people who suddenly care about women's rights in sport that have piped up to ex try to exclude trans people. It's like, what what did you ever do to support women before this, before you started worrying about trans women? You literally never tackled sexual assault in sport. You never tackled all of the sexist uniform sexist advertising or like any of that stuff and it's the same I think with mm. this figure like it's not she's not somebody who has a history of campaigning around abortion rights or you know things that are central issues for women um so yeah the whole thing about feminism being part of this I just think is a fair feat and it's just right-wing transphobia yeah exactly So people have responded to this in other places and I know it's just this weekend as well there were um, anti-fascist mobilisations in the UK um, mm. and people have responded to her so-called free speech tour in the UK. What Can you tell us a bit about that as well? Yeah, um, well, I guess there's two sides to the response. Um, Obviously, on one side of it, uh, her events have been met with protests, um, which is fantastic. So um, <laughs> no judgment, but I was uh, listening to a right-wing podcast um, recently on which uh, she was being interviewed, um, and she was talking about how uh, hard it was actually for some of her events um, on tour in the United States to go ahead uh, because of the uh, protest response that she Great. received. Um which is really fantastic, um, people just sort of seeing through the uh, bullshit about her events being uh, about defending women's rights in some way. Um, but then on the other side of the coin, um, her events have been met with a, a lot of support uh, from the right. So um, her recent uh, tour of the UK, um, she had an event in Glasgow uh, there where some of the counter-protesters were um, kind of documenting uh, which right-wing figures were there as participants or speaking or in the audience. Um, and it really just was a, a who's who of the far right. So um, everyone from Holocaust deniers um, to members of the former um, BNP, the British National Party, uh, UKIP, 
um, anti-immigration groups, uh, just the whole lot. And um, some of her uh, supporters who were there at the event um, were describing it online later as an undisputed Aryan victory, um, which gives you a bit of a sense of the type of crowd um, who were there as participants. Um, so one of the biggest issues, I guess, so far is that um, while there's been great protest in response to her, um, we would, of course, like to see them be uh, bigger and bigger, um, and we're hoping to contribute to that uh, when she tours here. So one little interesting fact about her event uh, specifically here is that they seem to be uh, being promoted quite heavily and sort of sponsored by um, a group called Binary Australia, um, which you could probably guess from the name is an uh, anti-trans uh, campaign group. But what people might not know is that this group um, is actually a, a rebranded group and before it had taken up this name, it was one of the main campaign groups um, in the No campaign in the marriage equality plebiscite. So this is one of the, the leading sort of anti-lesbian, uh, anti-gay campaign groups in Australia um, now rebranded and uh, sponsoring um, or supporting this uh, tour, which claims to be all about women's rights and letting women speak. So uh, I think that's really indicative and we're really hoping that we'll be able to uh, greet these events with the protests that they deserve here. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm quite familiar with binary um, Australia <laughs> because, they, yeah, I like you, you said, they, they sprang out of the No campaign but also um, were the same people heavily involved in the anti-safe schools campaign. So they were the ones who ran the, the No to Safe Schools um, Facebook page that had, you know, just spit, spitting hate for months and months and targeting people, including me, with vile homophobia and transphobia so that was yeah so they're they're the sort of people who are involved in this Lyle Shelton around the Christian lobby and all of that so again not yeah, people who have any, any history <laughs> of yeah being feminists of any kind um and I guess more broadly then uh, that brings us to the idea that it just does seem like we've it's getting worse and worse the levels of transphobia but not just mm. on this far right kind of end of it, but actually in the mainstream. And particularly when you look at America, um, in 2022, there were a record number of transphobic laws passed, including heaps of them about um, what adult professionals like teachers and um, mental health workers are allowed to do to support trans young people and banning that mm. and criminalizing it, including parents supporting their own children. So how does that, how does that, why is that happening, I guess? How does that, what's the connection between that and this far-right transphobic movement? Yeah, um, well, what you say about the, the record number of laws being passed attacking trans people is completely right. Um, I was reading just in 2021, um, there were over 100 anti-trans bills that got moved in America, and that is just accelerating and accelerating. Um, and I think there's there's a few things at play um, behind that and behind the kind of relationship between that and um, the far right. So one place to start, I think, really, is actually just the relationship between capitalism and uh, the right. So 
capitalism just as a, a system itself relies on oppression um, and consequently to that um, I think produces an incredible amount of bigotry. And women's oppression um, I think is of particular importance uh, for capitalism, for uh, reproducing the most kind of important uh, thing for the capitalists, um, more uh, human labour, more workers, um, but also now um, because of the extreme um, exploitation uh, of women as workers um, and the severe uh, underpayment um, of women. So there's an obvious connection there between uh, sexism and the political mainstream. Um, so normal capitalism um, is just sexist. And then the far right um, take up the values of normal capitalism, but in their most uh, extreme and social reactionary form. Um, so the far right politics um, on gender is just sexism, homophobia, transphobia, but um, on steroids, basically. Um, so most sections of the right uh, have always seen um, the family and uh, women's oppression within it as uh, core to social stability. And they've always had a focus on uh, preserving and restoring uh, traditional uh, family values, so-called. Um, so they're very interested in social stability because they're interested in destroying um, any resistance, really, of working-class people and uh, also of specially oppressed groups to the status quo of exploitation and oppression. Um, and that's also just always been a key focus of um, religious right groups as well who, who use their religious texts to justify uh, commitment to a supposedly uh, eternal tradition of women um, as subservient uh, mothers and uh, nurturers. And I think uh, transphobia is really the logical consequence um, of this politics because if men and women um, have strictly uh, defined roles in a hierarchy that upholds, you know, social stability, upholds the, the class hierarchy um, and uh, the extreme exploitation, the strength of the race or the ethnostate, um, then transgender and homosexual people um, have to be deviant and have to be uh, subject to severe uh, social punishment. Um, and then also, I think, on top of this, the far right uh, position themselves as a, a outsider force to the political mainstream um, and uh, position themselves like they're challenging the status quo. So, uh, of course, they're, they're actually not uh, challenging the most important aspects of the status quo. Um, they are very strongly in favour of the absolute right of uh, capitalists, of bosses to exploit workers, um, and they want to reinforce uh, just at any cost, um, uh, the class hierarchy and all oppressions that exist to maintain that hierarchy. But if you sort of put that on a banner, um, uh, it's not <laughs> a very nice sounding. So they, they're attempting to generate mass support. Um, so they attempt to sort of put what seems like a critique um, of the status quo, um, but uh, isn't. Um, you know, they try and capitalise on distrust of politicians, uh, without actually critiquing any of the fundamental uh, problems um, in the system. So um, one way they do this is with culture war politics. Um, they just wage a culture war against the kind of quote-unquote woke aspects of liberal politics and use this to imply that they're offering a critique of uh, the system in some way, of neoliberalism in some way, without actually uh, doing so. 
And I think they've picked on uh, anti-trans politics as their kind of anti-woke criticism of the mainstream type issue um, because it's something on which they can recruit, um, on which they can build networks uh, between themselves and different fundamentalist uh, religious groups. Um, It's an issue they can cohere uh, new members around and uh, sometimes um, an issue on which they can sort of push their way back into the political mainstream. And then on top of that, I think even, you have the way that the political mainstream actually relates to uh, right-wing culture war politics and groups. Um, So we're living in a world where just absolutely everything is going up except wages, you know, where there's there's war, um, there's a massive one-sided class offensive. And politicians try and deflect anger and blame off of themselves towards oppressed groups that they try and scapegoat. Um, And they open up space in uh, doing this uh, for far-right politics that position themselves as the answer. So the right actually, um, the far-right can riff off of the uh, appalling social injustice and scapegoating that's actually promoted by a a part of the political mainstream, but then take that um, much further than um, anyone in mainstream politics would And then when they do that, they're conceded to um, by the political mainstream sometimes. So the United States, I think, um, is a really um, good but terrible case study of this. Um, The religious right have spent decades there uh, making inroads into mainstream American politics, um, mostly in the Republicans but um, also um, in the Democrats. Um, So they've become a significant factor in US politics and they can sort of push this agenda themselves, but they face such a weak opposition um, in the rest of the American political mainstream who will often actually concede to uh, their ideas, their policies um, in efforts not to uh, alienate right-wingers. So I think drawing some of that together, um, the political mainstream, the the normal operations of uh, the capitalist world are fairly um, oppressive the far right take that to an extreme and then unfortunately they they seem to find themselves often swimming in friendly waters where um, figures in the political mainstream concede to them. Yeah. I think Liz Walsh said it in a speech at the rally that it's like the mainstream politics tills the ground that the far right ideas can germinate in. I think that's true, uh, you know, and then there's a certain political opportunism that takes place and you can mm. see that in the case study of the New South Wales state election, although I'm sure nobody's really following that, but the idea that the Liberal Party um, and people like Mark Latham want to campaign around some of these issues I think shows that they think that it's easier to attack trans people and it is to deal with the cost of living crisis and that kind of look over here type politics that then the far far right breeds off, expands, and then it becomes sort of like there is an audience for those ideas. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are – incredibly angry about all of this transphobia and want to do something about it. But one of the questions that comes up around someone like Posey Parker is whether going to her events gives her more attention than she 
deserves. That's actually what she wants. It makes it more of a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like, should we just ignore it and maybe she'll go away is the question, I guess, or pro- or do something else that's not drawing attention to her? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, she's not going to go away if we uh, ignore her, unfortunately. Um, and the other part of this is we really just do want to draw attention to what's going on. Um, the rise in really confident um, transphobia, I think, is reason in and of itself to protest. So uh, just the other day here in Melbourne, um, I think three or four days ago, uh, there were two trans women who were violently uh, bashed and robbed um, in what seems to have been a hate crime. So uh, pushing back against the advance of transphobic ideas um, and also just kind of drawing lots of attention to the kind of action that these ideas lead to, um, I think is itself important. Um, but then there's also the fact that the far right are just using anti-trans politics to uh, grow. Um, so far right groups, um, as I went through, are present at these Let Women Speak uh, events and they use them as a way to normalise themselves, um, uh, to get publicity for themselves and as a fishing pool uh, for recruitment. Um, so Keane's uh, events in, in Glasgow had um, among a whole array of uh, far right activists, uh, members of British fascist groups. And of course, they don't actually just attend these uh, events in a swastika shirt. Um, they come along with signs about protecting uh, women and uh, they dress and look like um, anyone else. And I think the fascists really have a form with this. So their politics um, is hostile fundamentally to women's rights and to workers' rights, but they pose as being defenders of women or defenders of the everyman, um, kind of standing up for us all uh, uh, to defend us from trans people or from foreigners or from uh, Jewish conspiracies or whatever. Um, So we actually want to disrupt them positioning themselves in that way. Um, We want to put pressure on them and uh, really reveal uh, the fact that these people are at these events and what their politics uh, really are. So um, I was involved years ago now in um, campaigns against the Reclaim Australia uh, marches, um, which were happening back in 2015, 2016, um, which in a way were a similar kind of thing where you had um, a hardcore of uh, right-wingers, um, including uh, actual fascists, and then a periphery um, of all of these people insisting that they they weren't really fascists, they disagreed with fascists, um, that they were just kind of uh, racist uh, Islamophobes. And uh, putting uh, pressure on them, a bit of a spotlight on them um, with uh, counter-protests um, actually exposed uh, the presence of actual fascists there. Um, So I remember being at one of these where um, the person who at the time was on the mic was yelling out, oh, we're not fascists, we're not Nazis, um, as they were sort of pinned into their area by this counter-protest. And then um, a man next to the speaker whipped off his jacket and revealed a white pride worldwide shirt underneath and you'd sort of see the moment where um, a whole lot of the other attendees sort of turned around and and saw um, that this uh, had happened and that this was the type of event um, that they were actually at. So I think we actually do want to draw uh, more attention to this um, and the kind of attention 
that we can bring about with a, a counter protest is one where we actually reveal that this event is not about protecting women at all and that these people are not just concerned feminists who have legitimate worries about anything, um, that they are actually a part of the political right and are incredibly uh, disingenuously uh, taking up um, a, a kind of faux concern for women. Um, plus, I think we also want more attention on the fact that there's plenty of people out here who don't accept uh, the counterposition of women's rights and, and trans rights, who just think that that is entirely uh, bullshit and are going to be out there um, uh, fighting for women's rights and trans rights uh, together against uh, the resurgent right. Yeah, awesome. Agree. <laughs> And I, I was there at the Reclaim Australia things too, and it was really that sense of, you know, there are people who think that they're there just um, out of their naive transphobia or Islamophobia in that case, or not maybe not naive, but, you know, like that they're definitely not part of something that is about growing the far right and to expose that through protest is and put people off. Mm ever coming to one of those kinds of events again is certainly a fantastic thing to um, be a part of. Yeah. So all the details for those. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. The, if we can send some more right wingers home with their tails between their legs, that would be an excellent result. So the, the details will be in the notes for this podcast. So um, get along. They're happening in the next few weeks. Um, and there's articles as well in Red Flag about this issue for people to check out. So thank you so much, Grace, for your time. I know it's a very busy time of year um, for you. I appreciate you be- becoming a friend of the podcast. No worries. <laughs> and um, see you all at the protest in Melbourne, March the 18th. That one I will be at. You're listening to Red Flag Radio. We have a world to win. <laughs>